So many of our favorites to watch. Oh look, now they're being bashed. I guess that's what we should expect on the Bullied Nostalgia Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Bullied Nostalgia Podcast. I'm joined by Kylan. Hi. John. Hello. And Chance. Hello. And I'm Tim. I learned last episode that I haven't been introducing myself, so I'm going to correct that. Bully Nostalgia is a podcast where we go back and watch things that John and I loved as kids and let... We tear them apart. Yep. This is the first episode that we've recorded since we are hosting on Spotify as well. So you can find us on other platforms, listen to us however you want, or don't listen at all. So for the last half dozen episodes, John hasn't really talked. And then last time, during our Dougal escapades, I asked John what would evoke Chatty John's presence. And he slid a note across the table. So what movie are we doing today, John? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. A Mel Brooks parody film. John, for people who haven't seen Spaceballs, what is this movie about? Oh my goodness, this is Chance's job. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I don't know how to explain a movie. Okay, I'm going to put on my confidence pants. Um... You were wearing pants this whole time. <laughs> I just get these things on here. Thank you for finally putting on pants, as you were saying. Um, yes. I don't remember all the characters' names now, because it's been a while since... You're fine. Do whatever okay. you want. And you can call them by actors' names, or... Right. Dogman, can... <laughs> Robochick. Okay, so <laughs> essentially... Planet Spaceball is running out of clean air. And so they want to steal the clean air from other planets. One of those planets happens to be Vespa. Okay. And uh, so anyways, uh, how are they going to get all the clean air from Vespa? Well, of course, by kidnapping the princess and holding her ransom. And so we get to follow the princess and her droid get captured by the bad guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure just, they're just called the Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah captured, by, captured by the Spaceballs. Dark Helmet? Rick Dark, Moranis? What, yeah, what do you any want of to those. call <laughs> the, bag, the bad guy. Spaceballs bad guy. Captures. Then the king doesn't know who else to call except for... A guy. Han Solo. <laughs> you could call him a Han Solo parody. I think he's not. Okay, okay. I was trying to stay away from uh, Star Wars. Oh, but... said he's, his name is Star something or something. I thought it was Starbuck, but no, I think no, that's... Stargate. That's uh, from Battlestar Galactica. Anyways, so calls in this dude who's a good guy and his he's friend a good, bad guy. who's like a dog... And uh, his name is Barf. Uh, Barf, and they go and uh, save the day. And so the whole idea behind this is that everything's supposed to be like Star Wars, but making fun of Star Wars. So you've got Princess Leia and her droid C three PO essentially, who are kidnapped by the guy who is like Darth Vader, Rick and Moranis. a character who's. 
mostly Han Solo, but a little bit Luke Skywalker. Lone Star. Lone Star. And his dog, Barf, which is like Chewbacca, go and save the day. And along the way, they learn things about themselves and get, like the Force from Star Wars, the Schwartz. And they're trained by yogurt instead of Yoda. You know, John, there's a common term for like Star Wars, but not. It's called a spoof of Star Wars. Right. I don't know, I just thought it was really funny you trying to describe things as, it's like this thing, but it's not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, did I do okay? It's very long. (laughs) Yeah, chances of like... Can I try again? Uh, sure, go again. <laughs> we don't. Chatty John is supposed to be talking fast, okay. not just a lot. Yeah. John. Okay, hold on. We want Chatty John, and now he's talking too long. <laughs> okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna put my ice cream uh, away. I'll cut it down and edit. <laughs> I'm gonna put my ice cream away. Okay. And then so, John, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you my example of what No, I'm no, do. no. It's no, it's, this is Chatty John's episode. We've heard you give I Know What It Sounds Like. Yeah. I thought they wanted Chatty John, but they want Succinct John. <laughs> succinct Chatty John. Uh, oh, hey Tim. Yeah, of course I can explain what happened in the movie. Just to clarify, when you say Chatty John, do you mean like Succinct John? <laughs> or Talks a lot, John. give like an extended... I want I, Sassy John. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, the movie is like Star Wars. Like Star Wars, actually, it's a spoof. So, what does a spoof mean? It means it's like the thing, but it's making fun of it. We're Here not we cutting go. any of this out, are we? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing anymore. So here, here we go. Spaceballs are the bad guys. They've run out of oxygen. They want oxygen from another planet, Vespa. They kidnap the princess and her droid <laughs> to get what they need. What do they need? Air oxygen. Wait, what do they need again? Air oxygen. You're turning this into. Ex- Elaborate, John. This is succinct, John. <laughs> okay, so this is what the, so we we covered what the movie is. <laughs> so this is a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, Mel Brooks was once upon a time very famous for making parody movies about things. I have not watched a Mel Brooks movie in a very long time. I think the last one I tried to watch was Robin Hood Men in Tights as an adult, and I could not get through it. It was it was a slog. It was not nearly as funny as I thought it would be coming back to it as an adult. This movie was way more expensive than any of the other parodies that Mel Brooks had done, as it legit uses the same special effects a company as George Lucas used for Star Wars, ILM, Industrial Light Magic, to make the special effects shots. As a matter of fact, some of the special effects were shots that were cut from Star Wars movies. Really? So, very cool. Very Obviously, they had a very close relationship with George Lucas to make this movie, as it's directly in correlation with it. Did people enjoy this movie? I thought it was better than I expected it to be. This movie, a lot of the jokes still hold up. So, I don't know. I I thought it was fine. John, did you have a good time? For sure. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was nostalgia. Mm. 
and how much was genuinely enjoying a movie as if I had seen it for the first time. So, chance. Well, after spending what is seven months in a dorm where Robin Hood Men in Tights get referenced every two days, this is definitely something I've come to expect, and I had fun watching it. Nice. I had a very strange experience with this movie, and John and I touched on it a little bit over the phone. I had to hold back while watching this with Chance and Kai. I swear I could have recited 98% of this movie verbatim. I didn't realize that we had watched it that much as kids, because that wasn't my experience with anything else we've watched. We watched Batman Forever until the tape gave out, and I can't do that like I can with this movie I could have put it on mute and I think I could have <laughs> nailed most of the lines that well, I mean, the censor baffles version. me yeah that, that's the missing 2% is we had the clean version growing up uh, it was the one that was recorded off of TV or something I bet yeah yeah it was remember it was recorded off TV because we missed the last five minutes of the movie so we never got resolution on a number of things <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk about that later. But yes, I did have the same experience. It was very odd. I don't know if it's because the movie's jokes and scenes are that memorable or because we watched it so many times, but I knew everything before it was going to happen. It was so strange. I was saving that conversation for this podcast, and then John calls me last week or whatever, and he says, I don't want to say too much about Spaceballs, but... I had this weird experience where I felt like I knew every line that was going to come out. And I was like, okay, that's <laughs> so strange because I had the exact same feeling. The jokes for me, it, and it's hard to tell, kind of like what you said already with nostalgia. I don't know if I actually like any of the jokes. I think okay. I just have them all memorized. So it's weird. I have not watched this movie in almost 30 years. How does the brain work? It's fascinating that we can remember that much of this movie, but there's one part of the movie that I legitimately laughed at out loud for 30 seconds. And it's because Rick Moranis is just a phenomenal actor. The part where they're chasing after Lone Star, they hit the brakes, he flies into the control panel and he's all beat up and he's just like speaking gibberish. Uh, something like, oh, you, good job today, guys. <laughs> but, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Good. good. I think we should take a five minute break. <laughs> I legitimately laughed so hard at that part. And yeah, I don't know if the jokes in the movie are good or not. I don't think I can identify those things anymore. But that was the one true moment of laughter and enjoyment that I I definitely had in this movie. John, this is your episode. What do you want to talk about? Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. For those listening, Pizza the Hut is like, or a spoof of, (laughs) or a parody of Jabba the Hut who is a big, worm-like alien with a large tongue. In this one, he's made of pizza. And 
he's just sort of falling apart at all yeah. times. The pieces that, of pizza are slopping off of so him. so gross. But I was just so impressed by the design, and I wanted to eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> gross. Like when Vinny's like, mm, yeah. you're delicious. <laughs> Those are all real pizza ingredients that are falling off of him. That is no not way. that is not makeup. They literally layered pizza on top of that and then real and that's how Vinny eats a chunk of it is because it's all actual pizza ingredients for it to give off that bubbling slopping feel. They had to heat the costume. And so one of the actors actually got burned being inside it. They had to, they had to try and fix it and put someone else in the costume. Hmm. But that is a, a, an incredible creature and, and thing. It, well, but when you talk about creature creation in movies and stuff like that, it's phenomenal. It, it's such a, a funny joke. And then they stick the landing so well. Did you go eat some pizza afterwards? <laughs> no, I no, I didn't. I mean, it wasn't been, the same. I've been craving margarita pizza for a while now. <laughs> it wasn't the same. You're like, oh, Almost not the have, real thing. If I can't have a giant worm shaped pizza, I don't want it. <laughs> wasn't talking to me. <laughs> Little pizza. Oh, what are your worm options? None. <laughs> Good days. <laughs> Need more pizza words for it's my a days. Very cushy pizza place you go to. <laughs> yeah, I think I remembered a lot about Spaceballs, but then I like have this distinct memory on our family farm watching the the spaceship intro of that just really really long oh. spaceship at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that ship is massive. I think it's it's almost two minutes. Trying to copy in Star Wars, you know, the intros when a big spaceship will fly in towards a planet. but And you'll panorama case, across the entire thing. Yeah, but this ship was two minutes long spanning <laughs> across it. It's just gigantic. <laughs> the model that they use is actually really impressive because, like, it looks like it's always about to end. Yeah, it's every it's every new piece like, that passes by the screen, you're like, okay, this is the end of the <laughs> ship. Oh, no, it's still going. There were a number of jokes that I, if I could put myself back in time or experience this joke for the first time, I think I would still think was funny. The part where they're in the desert and she brings all of her checked luggage <laughs> and they open it up because they're sick of carrying it. And they dump the stuff, but they continue to carry the luggage. <laughs> I think it's very funny. The joke where they're about to go to ludicrous speed. And they, he says to secure all the animals in the zoo. And it's like, <laughs> of course, this monstrous ship has a zoo on board. It's so stupid. I still enjoyed the uh, stunt double joke. (laughs) (laughs) They catch the stunt doubles. Yeah, for those listening, the the bad guys are chasing after the good guys. And and they're doing a whole bunch of like flips and crazy dodges of these bullets and stuff. Yeah, so then they finally catch them, but they've actually caught 
the stunt doubles of our protagonists. So the protagonists got away, but then we get to see what the stunt doubles look like, and they all look pretty rough around the edges. The princess has a mustache and a cigar. <laughs> I think I really appreciated how meta the movie was. When they watch the Spaceballs movie. They watch yeah. the Spaceballs movie while they're in the Spaceballs movie. I love Rick Moranis' entire conversation during that scene. Because he just seems so baffled by it. He's like, but but what is then is now, and then is now, but wasn't then now? Yes. Now, now. Now, now. <laughs> yeah, so what happens is the bad guys are trying to figure out where the good guys are. So they decide to watch the Spaceballs movie to see how it ends or to see, where, you know, watch the scene where the good guys are. But then they end up watching themselves watch the Spaceballs movie. So it gets very yeah deep. Yeah. But even just like commentary, like they're trying to sell Spaceballs merchandise during the movie or... So that was the one rule that George Lucas had for Mel Brooks. We know that George Lucas made his fortune off the back of merchandising sales. Essentially, when he got Star Wars approved, the only way he could get a company to do anything with it was for him to get paid next to nothing. And he said but I'm going to keep the merchandising rights. And so Star Wars sold incredibly well with toys. Notoriously, the first line of toys was sold as a rain check. For Christmas, you bought a cardboard box that said that when the toys were made, you would get them. That's how hard to get they were. The only rule that George Lucas had for Mel Brooks was that he was not allowed to make any merchandising for any of the Spaceballs characters mm. because they were Star Wars characters. So that's why they hang a lantern on it in the movie, right? They, they joke about all the merchandising that they would make if they could. And then Yogurt talks about the sequel, Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. I mean, it, it's a really accurate parody of Disney in its current form, right? And it's funny because they make that joke and they bring up all the merchandising they're going to sell, like Spaceballs towels and stuff. But then all other random props for the rest of the movies are Spaceballs licensed merchandise. Like they go to one of the Spaceballs locker rooms and all the towels are limited edition towels they sell from their movie. Yeah, you see a Very bedroom clever. at one point, and he's got the Spaceballs bed sheets. They, they do put merchandising in everything. You're right. That's very good. The movie title, Spaceballs, is kind of funny. The original title for the movie was going to be Planet Moron, but they discovered that there's a British TV show called morons from outer space so their publisher essentially said they had to change the name and so they went with whatever they could fit space with they essentially went through the dictionary trying to like space alphabet space antler space whatever space aardvarks and mel brooks was in the writing room with them trying to figure out what to call it and he stood up and knocked over his drink and he said balls 
And everyone else was like, space balls! It's stupid, but it's cute that it's that inspired, I guess. It was just him essentially censoring a swear <laughs> and everyone being like, yeah, that's what we'll name this movie. <laughs> Should we go through the characters? We've got Barf, the character like Chewbacca, played by John Candy. Yep. I, I mean, John Candy is really good. It's uh, it's nice to see movies with him again. He was such a comic legend. And obviously he passed away many years ago now. So, I don't know. What do you want to talk about about Barf? Um... Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chatty nice John. John. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Lone Star is just Han Solo with a little bit of the Chosen One mixed in. Played by Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like, this is what seeded my interest in him as an actor. So when things like Independence Day Day came out. I was like, oh, yes, that's my man. So he was Lone Star. He was Lone Star. Yeah, he's just like Han Solo, cares mostly only about himself. Uh, In comparison, however, the Princess Leia of this movie, whose name, I don't know. Princess Vespa? She is possibly even more rude than he is, which is, I don't think Princess Leia was like that. Or in most of the Star Wars movies. She's a little bit defiant in a yeah. couple. Yeah. She's a strong female character. And she's got a silver spoon in her mouth for sure. Well, I thought you were going to say she was a baritone. <laughs> she's a baritone. <laughs> it's true. She actually sang that. Nobody knows. <laughs> I think her voice might be deeper than yours. <laughs> no. scene anyways in the movie princess vespa sings very low joan rivers voices dot matrix but they had a very famous mime do the body work and i am pretty impressed with the stuff that she does just like skating around behind the princess yeah she very rarely walks she has rollerblades on the bottom of her feet so usually if she wants to go somewhere, she'll just grab onto somebody and they'll literally pull her along. Yes. They had six sets of robot suit and they broke all of them. <laughs> wow. How? Maybe roller skating around <laughs> in them. I didn't just falling. <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, I wonder how much that girl could see how much she got hurt doing those rolls and stuff. I mean, the standout for me, I've already said, is Dark Helmet. Rick Moranis, we talked a little bit about him in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. And he's just so funny. He steals every scene that he's in. He carries a scene effortlessly. Another joke that I loved as a kid that I think I would still love now if it was the first time watching it is when he walks in on him playing with his dolls. It's it's such a good scene. (laughs) So dumb. Right. At at one point, Dark Helmet has action figures of himself as well as the protagonists. And so he's 
you know, doing little voices for them and making the action figures interact. And of course, he's the hero of the story with his action figures and Princess Vespa will kiss him. And then uh, his second in charge walks into the room while he's doing this and he has to quickly cover up what he's doing. So he says, uh, did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Yeah. <laughs> so... Like I was saying earlier, we never owned the actual VHS. We had the recorded copy from TV. And so the movie ended for us in the cantina after the chestbuster alien pops out of a guy. So it's, it's certainly a scene to end on. <laughs> yeah. So the, the alien gets a happily ever after. Yeah. Come on, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my Which, I mean, that yeah. scene is pointless. <laughs> like, I have boys, no idea why... That happens, but essentially, near the end of the movie, the good guys win. There seems to be resolution for everything except for Lone Star doesn't end up with Princess Vespa, who because he likes. He's not royalty because he's not royalty, and she's now has this arranged marriage with a, a prince that she doesn't like. So there's sort of like this. Okay, we've resolved the main conflict, but there's still some kind of conflict that needs resolution. And that's when the movie ended for us. The recording stopped. <laughs> So we had no idea what was said on the fortune cookie. We had no idea. Wait, did it did it stop with the alien dancing the chest? And, okay, so it dances. And the alien the dances the and the movie cuts out. We have no idea what the medallion says. <laughs> we like, so Maybe my eye on fire. Wow, that's end of movie. It turns Made out to black. It turns out that Lone Star is actually a prince. So he goes and swoops in and. Him and Princess Vespa have their happily ever after. So that was nice to find out that that happened. Um, Wait, you're implying that you've never seen the ending? (laughs) I don't remember if I ever saw the ending. That's so funny. (laughs) 30 years finally resolution. I've been waiting 30 years for this ending. Does the alien get to marry Princess Vespa? (laughs) You know, I wasn't sure. Was there ever any plan for an actual sequel, or that was a joke? That is a legitimate uh, statement. Mel Brooks was still saying that they were working on a sequel as recently as when Force Awakens came out. Really? Wow. I think he was talking about a sequel as recently as 2017. But if you haven't managed to do it in 30 years, (laughs) I can't imagine that they will. Right. But... The intention is still there. Hmm. I don't know if he has the same relationship with Disney as he did with George Lucas, though. I'm sure that would add another right. hurdle. Yeah. Do you have more that you want to talk about or closing comments? Jamie John? Well, my brother was kind enough to buy me some gummy bears. They're very tasty. <laughs> but now that I've eaten a lot of them, my stomach feels a little bit weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chatty John is chatting about anything. <laughs> You made no specifications about no, what I'm least, chatty about. At least this time you're being honest. That's the right. last time Chatty um, John was here, he so just uh, this, flat out lied about things. This movie is about the space balls who they're get out of here. We don't want to hear you. We don't want to hear your summary. <laughs> oh, we want to hear John's summary for a third time. Then is that it? <laughs> John, let's do explaining. John, let's hear that one. Elaboration. Elaboration. Like about my gummy bear tummy? No, please no. Please no. My gummy tummy? 
I wonder, we could do gummy bears. I don't know. Did you ever watch gummy bears? Uh, we that... had a gummy bear puzzle growing up. Correct. I don't think I ever watched an episode. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Wouldn't be much nostalgia behind not seeing something. Well, no, I'd be like, I remember that character from the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one being blue. Yeah, there is actually a blue one. Yep, he's fat. Yeah, he's really big and he's got brown clothes with some orange on it. Sure, yeah. I knew that puzzle well. <laughs> Could solve it right now. Gummy Bears was the start. The Bullied Nostalgia Puzzle Podcast. <laughs> the only things that we had puzzles on. Jesus was that no, puzzle, John. It's, it's it a was, video recording it, of us making a puzzle. Found an edge piece. That doesn't fit. When I was really little, I had giant puzzles. And so each piece was massive, but it was only about 30 pieces. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the ones... Gummy Bears was the start of Disney's animation in TV show cartoons. Mm. Right up until then, they had done their big movies, but Gummy Bears was the start of something different that culminated in massive successes like Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Tailspin, Goof Troop. Ooh, John. Do I know the Gummy Bears theme song better than you? Sing it. Uh, I don't know the tune for it. <laughs> well, well no, that depends you, if I you know we'll absolutely know. nothing. Zero more than zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you the words. You sure showed me up, Kylan. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. That's the theme song. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it when you sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I could identify what show that was from. Okay, let's do closing. Kylan, mm-hmm. uh, is there a ball-shaped cookie you want to see that you prepared <laughs> yeah. to, to speak to? An orb of cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a, a, a ball of cookie dough before it's baked. Is um, this a half-baked movie? Is that what you're saying? Sphere cookie. I mean, I did like the first half more than the second. That's fair. Mm. What? I feel like I didn't come up with any of the things <laughs> that you just said. You just told me what the movie was. Stop making me put words in your mouth. <laughs> John, you happy that we picked Spaceballs? What was your experience? I think my shtick is that I'm supposed to be sad because the movie wasn't as good as I used to think it was. That is your shtick, yeah. But, um... <laughs> but okay. yeah, we, yeah. We, we've seen Chatty John. We've seen Chatty John, but what about Caddy John? <laughs> we did see Caddy John earlier in this episode when he was like, What kind of John do you want? Chatty John, also in French, is Chatty John. <laughs> Don't which is say a... Chatty, that's so much worse. Which is a cat. <laughs> but no, but in French they don't pronounce it as chat. <laughs> shatty. <laughs> Your tummy is feeling really bad to be shatty John. <laughs> this is the gummy bears that you're shatty John, is that it? Okay. Oh <laughs> Anyways, the the movie was good. I enjoyed it. But it felt more like a rehearsal in my memories than uh, a movie viewing experience. Yeah, I'm going to say something similar. I don't feel like I was watching a movie as much as I was being reminded of my childhood. I don't think that I could say that I 
liked the movie or disliked the movie. It just felt so strange knowing a movie verbatim like that. It just felt more like a dream than anything. Like just re-experiencing stuff that I knew so well. I've said this so many times in the podcast, but I don't think I would ever seek this movie out to watch it again. If someone was watching it, there's something very safe and comfortable about watching something you know so well. So I'm sure I would sit down and watch it with them or whatever, but more for soul food than anything, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Soul food? <laughs> soul food. Meditation practicing. <laughs> Watching space bowl. No, you know, like comfort food. Oh, okay. Those are two very different words. Yeah, like I wasn't sure if you were eating feeding off of the soul of the person you were watching the movie. When I'm consuming human flesh, it takes a long time <laughs> because obviously I eat it raw. And so I'm like, oh, what am I going to do while I chew through this tendon? It's good to have a TV show or movie on that you're really familiar with. Chance, would you like to give us your 1 out of 27 scale? Yeah, my weird scale. Uh, would you like to change it before we review it? No, something? I'm keeping it the same way it was. Scale what is it? 1 to 10. No. <laughs> That's not what it was. What is minus it, Minus 5 to plus 5. Right. Minus so, 5 to plus 5. 10? Kind of. So, because anything... It's <laughs> two very different things. Okay, because zero to five is a bad movie to a good movie. However, zero to negative five, that's in the realm of movies that are so bad they're good again. Like, uh, The Room zero? is a negative five. It is a movie that is so terrible, it's enjoyable again. If you can have a zero, does that mean your scale is actually 11? Oh, no, you're right. 11 numbers, technically. Weird. Anyways, You this don't movie... need a scale of one to ten. When you can have 11. <laughs> this movie is a solid three. I don't think it's going to be life-changing. A lot of the jokes fall flat. It was still enjoyable. I still liked it. Okay. Kai, what do you want to talk about? You stole all my answers. I gave you all the answers? Your answers are cookies, Kylan. How could we have stolen them? <laughs> it's a cookie. It's a cookie. It's okay. a cookie. We're not going to talk about the final lightsaber fight? Sure. Oh, we did. Uh, <laughs> You are so dumb. <laughs> Come is, on, man. That is the best joke <laughs> in that scene. Uh, yes, so in Spaceballs, they replace lightsabers with rings. That you just kind of put your magic energy into. And, and then they make laser lights, and then they fight with them. And Lone Star is good enough to be equally matched with Dark Helmet. So Dark Helmet says that they should shake on it to be polite, I guess. And a fair fight. A fair fight. And then he steals his ring when they shake hands, and then he throws it down to gutter. And he just makes fun of him for like 45 <laughs> seconds. John, what exactly do you want to talk about? The penis joke? <laughs> the entire yeah. fight is a penis oh my joke. my goodness. I see your shorts is as big as mine. <laughs> John thought that that scene was really funny. John, <laughs> did you not know that was a penis joke? <laughs> I would have suggested watching But let's this see movie. how you use it. <laughs> okay, now I'm blushing. <laughs> Blushy John! <laughs> I don't know why is this that is like... the scene you wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> is, 
Is there like an order to it? Do we go Chatty John, Sassy John, Shatty John, Blushy John? You know? Shatty John. <laughs> okay. Well, we've certainly endured worse. Looking at you, Dougal. Looking at you, Lamb Before Time 3. Oh my goodness, Lamb Before Time 3 is the best. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more Lamb Before Time movies on this podcast, please comment. <laughs> please comment. comment, like, subscribe. <laughs> uh, Bring in just full force. Comment, I want Lamb Before Time. No more episodes until Lamb Before Time. We will probably be signing off now then. Yeah. I guess look out for weirdos. And oh my goodness. John. Oh my, why? John brought out several Land Before Time VHS movies. That is strange because he doesn't have a VCR. So that means he has a bookshelf that's filled with not books, but. VHSs that he cannot watch. Just Black admire. He, he puts them down on his coffee table and stares at them for two hours. Yeah. Okay, well. Are you, what's, where is your head at? What's your plan? Are you going to buy a VCR? <laughs> John's... The conversation starter. <laughs> With who? <laughs> who are you going to tell? I think of anything. The conversation enders. Oh! <laughs> Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to third. Like, John's... you'll go to a coffee shop, see this nice person, and be like, hey, drop down seven <laughs> No, like, I have a satchel, so you just stick one in the satchel, but, like, make it noticeable. Hang enough. out a little bit. Yeah, hang out a little bit. So someone's like, oh, what's in your Is satchel? Is that the book, Lamb Before Time, <laughs> The Deep Freeze? Like, you imagine? No, it's the VHS. John's, like, sauntering around, like, showing up. On the obvious line before time poking out of it. Oh, this? Oh, it's nothing special. Just land before time to deep freeze. Um, okay. I just... John, maybe maybe you need to take from land before time the time of great giving. And try giving them away. <laughs> well, that's not a good allegory because they spend 98% of the movie being selfish. So. <laughs> John has spent 98% of his life being selfish. Hoarding a lot more time. <laughs> yeah, you need to share this. Emily is making him give away his old crap. I don't know, like, what did you have to negotiate with to, to keep, keep Lenny those... more yeah. time? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's public. <laughs> okay. Well, nothing but love for crappy Land Before Time movies here. Have, well, that's not true. <laughs> have a great day, everyone. We'll probably see you again someday.